0: be like a thief in the night right and and so that means that you don't know the hour and the bible says if you knew the time the thief was going to come what would you do you would be watching you'd be uh, making sure your doors are locked you'd be prepared and and that's the whole thing that God wants us to understand but as you look at first Thessalonians 5 I want you to see something very interesting and this was the revelation to me many years ago he says, let's start in, um, we, we read a little bit in the, in, actually I can't remember. Yeah, we read, we read a, a nine, but I want to show you before nine. But concerning the times and seasons, underline that in your Bible. But concerning the, the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. I really want you to pay attention to that verse for a second. It's really important. He says, concerning the times and the seasons, I don't need to write to you. You know what that means when he says that? That means you already understand. Okay? You already understand. You, you have a, 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 a uh, head and heart knowledge of what I'm saying. He says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Okay, so there we see it again. The, the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety sudden destruction comes upon them lay, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. How many are glad from the good news this morning that he's not talking about us. He says they shall not escape. That, that, that meaning the world. They shall not escape. And then he says, but you brethren, this is the, this is the awesome part. You brethren, watch this, are, underline this, are not in darkness. Now, that doesn't just mean darkness in the sense of I'm, I was in, I was in the darkness, now I'm in the light. Not just that sense. It means that you have understanding. That you understand the scriptures. So it says, so that this day will not overtake you as a thief. Isn't that neat? So he's saying, I'm not intending to. And and this is something, again, that we have to remember. God is not trying to catch people off guard. He wants to come and take a lot of people to heaven with him. He wants the church to be everybody. So he's not trying to, you know, do a sneak attack. But we sense that sometimes when we hear the word thief in the night. But he's saying here, as a believer, I'm not in darkness. I have understanding. I have knowledge. He says, why? Look at verse 5. You are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, this end, these next couple verses here would we'll go back to this morning where you say, how can I make sure I'm ready? How can I make sure I'm in the light? How can I make sure I'm not, I'm not caught off guard? Therefore... Let us not, now this is going to make sense for a second. Sometimes when you hear me say something, if I don't maybe get it outright or you don't grasp it, it don't make sense. I said this morning, it's okay to rest, but don't sleep. Remember that? I wasn't talking about a physical sleep. I was talking about a spiritual sleep. So we can rest physically, we got to make sure we don't rest spiritually. So he says, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and what? Be sober. Remember that word from this morning? For those who sleep sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet and the helmet of hope of salvation. And then we see nine. We read this this morning. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Through Christ our Lord. Father, for the next few minutes on this Sunday night, thank you for bringing us here safely. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for rest if we have it off tomorrow, if we had it off Friday. Protect those that are traveling today. Lord, protect those that are going through struggles. Anoint your word right now. Anoint our minds to hear and to give us something that's going to change our lives tonight and give us understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many follow me there? God's not intending for us to be caught off guard. Go all the way to Genesis chapter 1. I want to move real quick. Genesis chapter 1. Remember there is I told you to... Remember when I tell you to underline things, it's because it's something that will help you remember, something you can reference back to. Obviously, in a sense, we could underline every word in the Bible. But there's just certain things that trigger thoughts, right? And so we saw there in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we saw right there at the beginning, I I don't want you to be ignorant concerning what? Times and seasons. Okay, times and seasons. Now look at Genesis chapter 1. Give me an amen when you're there. Quick verse. Verse 14, God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for, watch, signs and seasons for days and years. So how many see the words signs and seasons there? Okay, signs and seasons. Now go over to the book of Leviticus. We're close by there, just a couple uh, books to the right going towards the New Testament. And I want you to see what this means behind us. This is what the Bible calls feasts, but don't get thrown off by the word feast, because just like I could say the word rapture, rapture doesn't mean anything until you know what the meaning of it is. Then you realize, oh, it's the snatching away. It's the taking out of danger. Oh, that means something. Um, feast sounds to us like eating a lot of food. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. But that's not what that means. Okay, let's look at what it says. Verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall be pro- which you shall proclaim, to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Now, if we just read that verse right there, we say amen, but we say, I don't understand. What, what, what do you mean? What does that mean? It don't mean a whole lot right there. Especially if we're not Jewish. Especially if we don't understand uh, the Old Testament. Especially, and especially, and especially going on and on, don't make sense. Don't, but it can be simplified once you realize that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the new testament is the old testament revealed all of a sudden oh so if i'm reading something in the old testament it's speaking about something that's going to happen in the new testament and if i'm reading something in the new testament it's speaking about something that has been fulfilled from the old testament Don't let the word old mess you up and think it doesn't mean anything, that it's antiquated. It's very important, especially if you want to know God's time frame. Now, if you don't know what to put for a a, a title tonight, put this. I've got an appointment with Jesus. I've got an appointment with Jesus. So we go on to read here, a couple verses down. Verse 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at there. and there, I want you to underline this, what does it say there? At there. verse 4, huh? Still in 23, verse 4, I'm sorry, I I thought, I thought, I didn't know, we we didn't leave, we're sorry, we're there. Chapter 23 still, I read verse 1, right? Yeah, we're still there, sorry. Yeah, we're down to verse 4. Read verse 1, which was just mentioning my feast. Now down in verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations which you shall proclaim at their appointed times or seasons. It's either one same. Okay? So, so right there we see appointed times. How many use a planner? How many use a calendar? How many use something like that to, 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 to know when something's going to happen and dates and write, you, whether you write it on there and circle it or you put it in your phone? We have appointments. Every day you go to work, and an You have meetings in your, in your work of appointments. You have appointments for the doctor. You have appointments for school things. You have appointments for uh, meeting someone for lunch. Appointments, appointments, appointments. We, that's, that's how we do life. We have appointments at Sunday at 10 and Sunday at 6 and Wednesdays at 7 and different things we go to for church. It's an appointment. It's something we have on the calendar. And it says this certain day we're going to meet and this is going to happen. Well, the Bible through the Old Testament starting here is telling us that we can know the times and the seasons of everything we talked about this morning, which is the return of Christ. How many are with me? So he says, they'll be for appointed times. Now, I'm going to push through this quickly because there's a lot of verses here, but, and this is what's behind me. And I know you probably can't read that, but at least you can see the menorah. If you can read that, God bless you for your good eyes. Amen. I can read it from right here. The first one on the left side, and, and these are here, but I'm doing this for time. In, the, in this entire chapter, chapter 23, a book and a chapter that when I was younger, did I just passed over. I did the Passover. <laughs> I just passed over to not even the 24. I went to, like, to the New Testament. Amen. How many understand what I'm saying? But this, this thing's telling us times and seasons. So that first one on the left-hand side, this is basically God's appointment book. And that one on the left-hand side is called Passover. That's the first feast. Okay, the second one, and this is all right here in Leviticus 23, but for time of reading the whole thing, the second one says unleavened bread. Now, some of these words that I'm going to say, you've heard them, but maybe before tonight or before last time I preached this, you're like, oh, I didn't know what that meant. Unleavened bread, number three, right there, second one to the middle, is first fruits. No, we've heard that. We use it for tithe, we use it for, we've heard that word, first fruits. Well, it's a feast. It's, it's something, and there's a whole, for the Jewish people, there's a whole lot of stuff they did to it. To this day, they still do it. They have stuff all year long. They're doing things all the time. But these are the seven feasts of the Lord, the Bible says. Okay? Seven, obviously, very important number. Okay? And, 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 and you could, there's a whole message in itself about numbers. And you could preach that all day, knowing that seven is the number of completion Knowing that God created the earth in seven days, six days he worked, one day he rested, and so on and so forth. Seven's the number, perfect number of God. And so we see that there's seven things on God's timetable. Remember that the Bible says that one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Well, in case you didn't know it, we are in the year 6,000 on God's timetable. We are. That's where we're at. That's another message. Not going to get into that tonight. But we're in the year 6000. We're there. That's why I said this morning, this is the moment. This is the time. This is the generation that's going to see these things fulfilled. And I am going to get into that because it, that's, a, again, a whole other message. But the middle one, you know, we celebrate birthdays. We've had some this week. We had some recently. My daughter was, had a birthday. We talked about graduations. Hey, the church, us, it's our birthday. This week, this coming up Saturday night, night, is the birth of the church. Yes. Amen. The birth of the church. And that's what's in the middle. Pentecost. I remember when when I first got saved and was in church and I heard Pentecost. And this is what's so funny. You hear people say, we're Pentecostal. But don't even know what that means. I didn't know what Pentecostal means. We think it means speaking in tongues. We th- that's what people mean, think, and if you think that, don't feel bad. But that's not what the word Pentecost means. Matter of fact, what the word Pentecost means has absolutely zero to do with tongues or the church. It's in that name. It means 50th. 50 days from unleavened bread. So they would count the days, and on the 50th day. Now, how, remember, how many remember Acts chapter 2 when it said, On the day of Pentecost... Then the, the fire fell and the Holy Spirit moved and all that. The reason the tie-in comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all that is because that's what happened on that day. Are you here? That's what happened on that day. The church was born, the church was conceived, and on that day the church started the church age. The Bible says the age of dispensation. Another word is the age of Grace. We're living in the age of grace for the last 2,000 years. That's in the middle. How many are with me so far? Then we go on to see the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. As you saw in that video, and if you want that video, I'll share it with you. It's beautiful to watch again. It's good to share. It's good to look at it again. I know you probably couldn't read the verses up in the top, but I wanted to give you a visual. So these are the seven appointed times of the Lord. How many are with me so far on that? Seven appointed times of the Lord. The, when you've heard the word say, Christ did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law, this is what this means. That's what that means. You said that's a piece of metal. What does that mean? No, the things it represents. When Jesus came to the earth, and I want you to go quickly to 1 Corinthians 15, because this is really neat. 1 Corinthians 5, sorry, 1 Corinthians 5. Give me an amen when you get there. Trust me, this is important. This is how we can know we're in the seasons, we're in the times. We're, this, is, this is how we can know that when that person, that lady's pregnant, we just had a baby born today. Danner had her baby uh, sometime today. Um, it was a little early, but still big, so I guess it was good it was early. Like almost seven pounds. I don't know how early it was, but that's pretty big. We've got some other ladies in the church that are pregnant. We've had babies in the last couple months. Uh, babies, when they, when, when they begin to get towards that date of, of coming out, we don't know the moment, we don't know the date, we don't know the hour. But well, we know it is soon. Right? Those birth pains begin to happen, and you know, hey, we've got to head to the hospital. Well, we, under, we need to understand, church, that that's where we're at spiritually. The birth pains are happening, and, and we know that any day that, this, that, this ba- that baby can be born. Amen. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Remember, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Paul references this, and now this will make a little sense. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7. He says, therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, watch this, our what? Underline that. Our Passover was sacrificed for us. Okay, 1 Corinthians 5, 5, verse 7. Do you see that there? That is Christ fulfilling that appointed time. Old Testament said it. Jesus fulfilled it. Okay? Verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the, what? Unleavened bread. Second one. Of sincerity and truth. Are you seeing the New Testament fulfill the old testament who fulfilled it jesus who was the old testament talking about jesus who did the who did the same jews that were supposed to be looking more than us miss it how'd they miss it there's a whole bunch of reasons but they missed it they didn't realize that jesus was fulfilling these things right before their eyes as he became unleavened bread what does that mean? Or Sorry, let's go to Passover. Let me make this quick and simple. Again, each one of these could be a message in itself. Passover is the day they put the blood on the doorpost. Death angel came through. Anybody who had the blood on the door, angel, death angel passed over. Jesus became the Passover lamb for us. We went over that at Easter. So he fulfilled that. That's why it says I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. Literally himself. Unleavened bread. When they would make the bread, they would not put leaven in it. Leaven is, is yeast. And so they would have to make that bread without, without leaven, without yeast. So it would be pure. Jesus, what the Bible says, is the bread of life. So he became the bread of life. He became the unleavened bread, meaning he had no sin. He had no leaven. He had no yeast. He had no fermentation. He had no sin in his life. Does that make sense? He's fulfilled that. Though the middle, that, one, that one sometimes can get people. The Passover one's kind of easy. That one kind of gets some people a little bit. The third one is first fruits. Go to 15. Chapter 15, not verse. Chapter 15. Of 1 Corinthians. Right here Paul is dealing with the Corinthians. The church of Corinthians. And he's showing them that Jesus has fulfilled the feast. Mean name, amen when you're there. Verse 20. Now. Christ is risen from the dead. And has become what? The. Underline it. Firstfruits. Of those who have fallen asleep, what does fruits represent? Resurrection. Resurrection. So, chronologically, you can find this in any study, the, the feasts on the left are called spring feasts. We just left spring, unfortunately. Amen. Some of y'all caught that. Some of you crazy people are glad. We just left spring into the heat of the night. Amen. So we're out of spring, heading into the time of the year where God reminds us that we don't want to go to hell, especially in Texas and Arizona where I lived for a bunch of years. I know San Diego and places like that. You don't really ever realize that. Then fall comes, okay? Left ones are spring feasts. Right ones are fall feasts. The middle one is right smack dab in the summer, which is next week, which was, past, which was uh, Pentecost, the beginning of the church. And so now we see that all four of those first ones have been what? What's the word? Fulfilled. In who? By who? Jesus. Are you with me? So what that means is, way back in the book of Leviticus... After the book of Genesis where it said he would speak to us through times and seasons. He says in Leviticus, I'm going to tell you that uh, um, um, these are these are things you're going to celebrate. They're going to be a, uh, an appointment book for you. And when you see them fulfilled, you will know that it is done. And so now what what's interesting is before Jesus fulfilled these things, we didn't know certain things. But now that he has fulfilled those things and he is the Messiah and he has uh, done the death of, the burial, the resurrection, all the guys that were discipleship Saturday morning. That'll make a lot of sense. Everything I just said. Death, burial, resurrection. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. We didn't go over that part of it. We call it death, burial, resurrection. Then the church started. So those four, first four things have been fulfilled. Now, quickly, on the right side, you got Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. I'm going to go backwards. From right to left. Feast of Tabernacles is the millennial reign of us on this earth. We will reign on this earth, the Bible says, for a thousand years. Okay? As Jesus Christ as the president. Or the governor. Or the king. Whatever words you want to use that you understand. He will rule and reign. We will rule and reign with him. Okay? That's the millennial reign. Coming back to the right, atonement. That's the second coming of Christ. And when he comes the second time, he will come to the earth. Pay attention to this. And his feet will touch the ground. Remember this morning when I took a few seconds or minutes and I talked about when Jesus left the earth, his feet left the ground. And the second time he comes, his feet will touch the ground again what's different about the second coming and the rapture is Jesus does not come down to the ground the Bible says that we are caught up to the air where the Lord is do you see the difference the second coming is when we you and I and the church all the saints come back with Jesus to stand on this earth and to watch him defeat the devil. Yeah. Once and for all. Amen. And then we rule and we reign. And we set government up. And, and things are back to way. there will still be sin on the earth. But they'll be way. See the deceiver will be locked up. So it won't be the same. Okay. That's a whole other message. But the last one there that I haven't talked about is trumpets and I've I've been studying this again, and most Jewish people that are called Messianic Jews, that means that they are Jewish and were born Jewish and of Jewish descent, but they have in their lifetime recently had the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. That's what a Messianic Jew means. Okay, they are Jewish, but they believe Christ is the Savior. Okay? And so even them themselves, I've studied what they say. Most of the ones I've read of, even the Jews who have become Messianic Jews and are now saved, say that they believe that the Feast of Trumpets is rapture. It's rapture. Even the Messianic Jews. And and, and I saw something even today that I thought was very, I mean, not that I saw, I've seen it, but it hit me. The one I just mentioned called atonement, second coming of Christ. Let me ask you a question. Do we need atonement? Do we need, right now, atonement? It's kind of a trick question, but you'll get it. Do we need atonement? No. It's already done. Think about that. If that feast is called atonement, that atonement is when Jesus comes back the second time, the Bible says in Matthew 24, whole nother message, to go into it. When I say that, I mean to go into the depths of it. It says that when Jesus comes back the second time, every eye shall see him, even those who pierced him. So what that means is that at that moment, on the second coming, during that seven years of tribulation, the Jewish people are going to realize Jesus is the Messiah. Are you with me? I was telling someone at the end of the service this morning, you've got to understand, most of the time people misunderstand the rapture and the second coming because they don't understand that the tribulation is not for the church. The tribulation is for the Jews. That's why it's called Jacob's trouble. Does that make sense? There There is a nation on this earth that is physical, that you see over there called Israel, but there's also a people that is Jews, that is the nation of Israel. And they're lost right now. And they do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But there's going to be a period during the tribulation where all hell's going to break loose. And the Bible says that 144,000 witnesses, that are, are male virgin men who have kept themselves, are going to become ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit during the tribulation. And they are going to preach the gospel to their Jewish brothers and sisters and lots and lots and maybe all I don't know I believe all is what God wants all his Jewish people on this earth are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ during the tribulation and it's another reason why we need to be gone we need to be out of the way so that God can deal with them and another thing, and again, another message is, it's in 1 Thessalonians 2, it says, the restrainer has to be removed. The church of Jesus Christ, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, is what is restraining. I, I mentioned this last week, I believe, I don't know what message, but stay with me for a second here. I'm beginning to close tonight. I, I, remember that I mentioned these bad things that are happening. I mentioned this morning Cairo and Manchester and things we see on the news. All these different things we see and it's bad. We go, man, this is bad. We, I just got a thing I couldn't get reloaded, but another, another uh, crazy by local over there in North Korea. He did another something today. He shot some more missiles or he talked about shooting more missiles or, and you know all this craziness, the lawlessness that's going on the wickedness that's going on, all the homosexual movement and transgender and everything that's going on that, that, that's just blasting the truth of God in every way possible. And, and I, again, does everybody get what I'm saying? The bad stuff? Can you imagine what that would be like if we weren't here praying? Do you understand that? We are the restrainer. Have you ever seen a fight? A physical fight that if somebody wouldn't have broke it up, they'd have have both died, possibly. Are you all with me? Someone has to step in and does what? Restraints. Someone has to break the fight up. For 2,000 years, the church has been breaking the fight up. We have been standing in the gap. We hear a crazy thing that happens over there like that, and we pray, and when we pray, we pray so that we don't know if, if, if it wasn't for people praying on the earth, everybody could have died that day. Yeah. You know, quite a few people died in Manchester, young kids and all that. The whole, the whole group of people could have died if the restrainer wasn't working. Right. Can I move on? Does that make sense? Yeah. We're the restrainer. And when the church is removed, the Holy Spirit's not gone. Holy Spirit's not going to leave the earth. But the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ that he indwells is going to leave the earth. And so now his vessels, pay attention, his vessels are limited. Very limited. Because whatever the number is on this earth that only God knows of true born again believers, that amount is a lot, I believe. And it's worldwide and it's restraining. And there'll come a day when that trumpet will sound And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air with the Lord. And we'll be gone to the banquet of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we'll be gone into heaven to get our rewards for the church age. And us, listen closely, us and every saint who's died since Jesus Christ came out of that tomb will be resurrected and go to heaven with us. See, it's not just us standing on the earth. Can you imagine how amazing that is going to be when the last 2,000 years of saints are going up in the air? Come on, church. That's exciting. That's, you might be seeing your grandma, your grandpa, your cousins, you're going in, in that glorified body that you haven't seen for how long. It's going to be a reunion. It's going to be a family reunion for seven years that we're going to hang out in heaven while all hell is breaking loose down here and we're going to be celebrating Jesus because he fulfilled the feast and the appointed times just like he said he would. Are you with me? So that trumpets is that. Now, here's the interesting thing. I want to close with this. Fact. Fact. Fact those feasts on the left were fulfilled the day and the hour that they they were supposed to. What do you mean? Every week of every month, they celebrate things. They were celebrating the Passover when Jesus died. They were celebrating first fruits when Jesus rose from the dead. That day, Not not approximately that day. God is a God of order. Hopefully tonight you're following what I'm trying to teach you. We don't have to be ignorant. We don't have to be wondering. We can know the seasons and the times. We can know the seasons and the times. Now, I I was thinking this, even this week I was reading some stuff and, and I'm not dogmatic about anything. I'm telling you what I believe and what I see. I, 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 I saw some teachings that made sense that, that Passover or, or Pentecost could be the rapture. Because what I want you to understand is he's going to come back on a feast day. Yeah. Have you grasped that yet? Yeah. He's going to come back on the appointed time. Yeah. He didn't just like show up on some day to, to do the Passover. He did it on Passover. Yeah. Hopefully Hopefully we've been talking about this long enough for you to grasp that. Yeah. So he's going to come back on a feast day. It's going to come back on one of those on the right. But it was an interesting thought because the church was born that day. Church could go out that day. I'm not saying it can't happen. If it does, that's earlier for me. Praise God. But I still believe that it's Feast of Trumpets. And one really cool thing as I finish tonight, last last thought, is, is the Feast of Trumpets is interesting because they use trumpets. What day? Sits since September 23rd. Okay, they use trumpets. And what did the thing we read this morning say? At the last trump, there'll be a trumpet from heaven. Okay? And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Right here in the same, are we still in 1 Corinthians 15? Are we still there? Just go over real quick to 50. And we'll end right here tonight. Now, I say this, brethren flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit corrupt, incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, this is important. How many give me two minutes right here? Two minutes, as promised. I'm looking at the clock. Two minutes. I got one amen, that's all I needed. Mystery. Mystery. Some people will jokingly say, all these people believe in a secret rapture. That's what they'll call it, secret rapture. Because they don't understand there's a distinction between the second coming and the rapture of the church. They don't understand there's a distinction, scripturally. So they call it secret rapture. They, They make names. Well, mystery is an interesting word. Isn't it? Mystery means mysterious. It says, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die. That's what that means. But we shall all be changed. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet. You know what? They, how many trumpets they blow on Feast of Trumpets? 100. They blow it 100 times. And the one hundredth trumpet is a long one, and it holds out. And whatever year and feast that is, if it's feast of trumpets, of so whatever year it is, church, when that happens, and it could be this year, when that last trump sounds, it will be the trump trumpet that we hear. All the Christians in the world will hear it. The the people living on this earth will not hear it. That's why they call it a secret rapture. They don't understand. They're joking about it, but they're actually right. It's secret because no one's going to hear that trumpet but us. The blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because at the second coming, every eye shall see him. But at the rapture, they're not going to see him. They're just going to see me and you gone. Gone. Now again, hopefully you want to be gone. Because I'm not worried about aliens abducting me. I know Jesus is coming for me. Amen. The world will put out all kinds of crazy stuff. But I'm not disappearing into a spaceship. I'm disappearing into heaven. Because Jesus said he was coming for me. And if he said it, I believe it. For the trumpet will sound. And the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Musicians, you can come. Isn't the Word of God awesome? Study this out, church. Take time and study this more. Look at it and pay attention and realize these are appointments. And this year, at this moment, the next feast, the next appointed time to be fulfilled this year is Feast of Trumpets. Well, Pentecost is Sunday. And like I said, if he chooses to come back that day, hallelujah. Amen. I'm ready. Are you ready? Why would you want to hang out here anymore? Well, I got things I got to do. Trust me, it's going to be better. I, I know you got plans. I, we all have, we should be planning. We should be living out. The Bible says, occupy till he comes. None of us are selling our houses and moving out into the, to the woods and growing beards. and We're not doing that. We're not, we're not being crazy. But we are ready. Every day. Every day. I like, I like what I heard one preacher say. He said, if someone had to put a gun to my head, he said, I, I would say that I believe this is coming soon. He said, but I haven't sold my house. I haven't sold my land. I haven't sold things I have. He says, I'm living my life but he says, I believe it's close. And, I, and, 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 and trust me, you want to go. Just trust me, you want to go. Because you don't want to be here. Amen? You don't want to be here. If I'd have told you a week before 9-11, two planes are going to fly into those buildings, and they're going to catch on fire, and they're gonna to burn to the ground would any of you believe me no right nobody would have believed that but it happened and like I said this morning there were people who warned them but no one listened as Noah was building the ark he was see it sounds kind of crazy when we're talking about disappearing and going into the sky and being changed from physical to, incor- to immortal and all those it sounds kind of crazy just like it seemed crazy that this man was building a boat when they'd never seen rain for anybody that's new here tonight when the flood happened it had never rained from the sky water would come from the ground to water the earth it had never rained So when he said there's going to be a flood, they laughed. They mocked. What rain? What's rain? Just like today, people say, what's a rapture? But it's going to happen. And we don't have to be in the darkness. We're in the light. We can live our life to the fullest. We can be happy. We can go to work. We can go to school. We can witness. We can do these things. And we say, Lord, today might be the day count me worthy count me worthy Lord that's our prayer tonight count us worthy thank you for your appointed times thank you for revealing this to me I didn't know what it meant but I learned it, it makes sense it's biblical it's truth and and it's not like we're standing here looking through a glass dimly because we've seen you fulfill Lord those first, first four feasts The church was born on the day of Pentecost. Lord, you will do what your word says you'll do. Keep keep us ready. Keep our hearts pure. Keep us sober as 1 Thessalonians said, Father. Look at our hearts tonight, and and if there's anything in our lives that's not pleasing, remove it. Take it away. Help us to be watching and waiting. Help us to not be asleep or drunk with this world. Help us to put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. How many tonight all over this place, if you're not saved, you've not been born again, you're listening online, you've not been born again, you've not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, tonight's your night, today's your day, today's the day of salvation. How many of all this place could say, that's me. I have not said that prayer. I have not been born again. Pray for me tonight. I need to do it. Today's my day. Church, we do this on purpose because we want everybody to be ready. We want everybody to be right. Don't ever get tired, church, of me asking, are you ready? You'll thank me someday that I asked you if you're ready. Because, man, it's going to, you know, the old old song said, Won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear. That's the day we're looking for. As so we stand tonight, it's Sunday night. I believe God's given us some good messages today to think about, to pray about, to stay ready. Amen. Let's, let's spend some time at the altar tonight. Let's take some time just to worship, just to pray. Remember, this is time for ref... ref recollection this is time for repentance this is time for reference it's time for worship it's time for standing in for somebody amen answer the altar call spend some time with the lord there's something spiritual and powerful about making some time this morning tonight with the lord let he'll speak to you tonight he'll give you direction as we sing thank you jesus